Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,327. Well, it's summertime and you know what that means. We need to get cool and we're going to get cool today. You'll see what I mean. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in uh, rather warm uh, San Antonio, Texas, with a very special returning guest by the name of Rick Love. Rick, welcome back to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm I'm ready to go. Sidestep and, and go. All right. We'll lay some uh, stripes down. Now, for you regular listeners, if you think back about five years or so, Rick was guest number 716 back in February of 2017. Boy, how a lot has changed since then, right, Rick? I mean, the world is turned upside down. It's definitely a different world now than it was in 2017. Uh, for for some good and some bad, right, Mark? I mean, but it has definitely, definitely changed. It has a lot. Now, before I uh, reintroduce you here, because a few things have changed with your position there where you work, what's one little thing, and I don't think I asked you this when you're on the show before, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Rick? Man, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I, I had mentioned my career prior to being full-time at Vintage Air. And prior to being Vintage Air, I actually sold and installed simulators oh. all over the world. And um, not not flight simulators, but the company I worked for, we did actually driving simulators that, that many of the high schools had back in the oh, 70s and 80s to teach kids things. how to drive. Yes, those old things. And oh my gosh. also we made an amusement ride simulator. A hydraulically operated amusement ride simulator where you sat inside and you'd see a, a video of a roller coaster or a race car or something and it would it would move to kind of give you the illusion of being being yes. in it but that was that's what I did for a living before I got got full-time at Vintage Air. Well, that's cool. You know, years and years ago, or it was probably in the early 90s, I was in, I used to travel to Europe a lot to buy products, and I was at a car museum, and they had this simulator that you got in, and it was a rally racing simulator. So two of you sat side by side, and it was this big, like, circular thing on all these hydraulic pistons and I about threw my back out i mean it was just it was, <laughs> it was crazy but it, it sure felt real i got out of there and went i don't want to do that again That's, those guys are nuts <laughs> it, it was quite an industry back then there were there were multiple companies that did those types of things and uh yeah it was it was a, a fun industry and an interesting industry industry at the time well coming from what was then when you look at simulators now that professionals use you must be going oh my gosh you know, my neighbor's got a Formula One simulator in his playroom, in his playroom, you know, in, in his man cave. Yeah. And yeah, the sophistication of that is absolutely amazing. I've gone over there and looked at it. Yeah. And it's, and then you hear that pro professionals drivers use them oh, for yeah. training for that, you know, for a new track that they haven't been to or, or to perfect some things. I mean, that's the, the realism of them is absolutely amazing. It is. They're uh, pretty, pretty wild. I've had a few people on the show here as guests that build those things. And some of them, too, are flight simulators. And uh, I have a next-door neighbor who's a retired pilot, and he said, I've looked at some of these simulators today people have in their house, and they're as good or better than the ones I used to go get tested every year in Texas. Oh, yeah. You know, for commercial yeah. airline pilot. He said, it's just absolutely astounding, especially the graphics. is so real. 
That's the thing that's changed more than anything else is the graphics. You know, the motion and all of that, I mean, that's been that's been improved incrementally, but the absolute graphics is what's just gone by leaps and bounds to where, you know, you you are basically immersed in that and it is a, a completely realistic environment. It's it is, it's amazing. It's fun stuff. Well, let's dive into your world. It's summertime, and that means it's getting hot, especially if you're in Texas or some other parts of the country, and that's where Rick Love comes into play. Rick Love is the president at Vintage Air in San Antonio, Texas, known as the world's fastest air conditioning company. They've been around since 1976, and their goal is to provide owners of street rods, sports trucks, and performance cars and more with the finest air conditioning components available. Rick has been involved in the hot rod industry since the late 70s when he built his first hot rod. It was a 1940 Chevy Coupe. Early on, he became a dealer for Vintage Air as a small business owner, wiring and installing their AC systems. He's been in the Vintage Air's business since 1998, and today he drives a 39 Ford Deluxe Coupe, a car that he built in 84, and has driven that car over 180,000 miles. Probably a lot more now since you were on the show before. He also owns a Pro Touring 72 Camaro RS and a 32 Ford five-window coupe. And guess what? Rick was indicted into the SEMA Hall of Fame in 2021. Congratulations, my friend. That's well-deserved. It's something that you told me earlier came as a bit of a surprise. I'm not surprised, but you're that kind of a humble guy. So congratulations. Well, thanks, Mark. And I mean, uh, calling it a surprise is probably an understatement. I I a funny story on that. At the time, Chris Kirsting was the uh, president of SEMA, and, I, and I've been involved with SEMA for quite a number of years and in some of the government programs and all of that with SEMA. And I've been to Washington several times, you know, kind of lobbying for SEMA's best interests and our industry's best interests. And sometimes I, I talk a little before before a little louder than I should about some things. And <laughs> I had a message a couple of times. Chris, Chris Kirsting had called and left a message for me. Hey, I really need to talk to you. Could you give me a call? And the first thing that went through my mind, I was doing kind of a rewind. Who have I talked to lately that I might have upset, you know, that I, <laughs> I might have upset or said the wrong thing to that's actually called Chris. And I figured I was going, hey, you know, you might want to pump the brakes here or yeah. something, you know, you <laughs> this and that. And that's what I thought it was. So when he called to tell me that it was quite, like I said, it was a, a complete shock, oh, complete fine. shock. Well, it's well-deserved. We'll be back in a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. When we come back, we're going to chill out a little bit with Rick Love and Vintage Air. So we'll be right back. Put the seatbelts on. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson? 
the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry Recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So we are back. So what I want you to do is talk about the vintage air because, I mean, it seems pretty commonplace you have an old car but you'd like to have some air conditioning in it air conditioning wasn't so good back in the day or it didn't exist so that's how vintage air started right by creating systems that either installers or at-home do-it-yourselfers could put in their old cars is that right that's right uh jack chisenhall our founder started vintage air in 1976 he was had graduated from the Air Force and been into mechanical engineering, a longtime hot rodder, and living here in San Antonio, he he noticed that there was a couple cars, hot rods, air conditioned, but very few. And a good friend of his family, his father's good friend, had an air conditioning business that was doing uh, was a di- distributor for Mark IV and several of those aftermarket air conditioning systems back in the 70s. Remember in the 70s, it was very common to buy a car from a dealership that didn't have air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, and you know there were several subcontractors that would add either. Either, you know, an underdash style unit or an in-dash add-on air conditioning system. And that's how Jack started out. But his, his goal from the beginning was to introduce that type of technology into the hot rod market, which is, is what he did, is he started taking that technology, designing systems, designing evaporators, the inside air handler, that were more suited to the smaller confines of a hot rod that kind of tucked up behind the dash or that had a better look to them and everything. So in the earlier days of hot riding, people didn't drive their cars that far most of the time. So it wasn't that big a deal. There were evening cruisers. But as the the national events started growing in popularity and people were going cross country to these events, and if you want your wife to go, it's a whole lot better idea if you can (laughs) make that car comfortable as you're going cross country. So that was a big push in his mind. He thought if people were driving their cars farther, they would really enjoy being comfortable within the car. And then if you could make that car comfortable, they'd be more inclined to drive it more and to, and to travel nationwide. So yeah, he that was his goal. And, and from, you know, like most of these hot rod companies, it started from a very humble, small beginning and built every year. So it's it's been a good ride. It has. And you guys are known as the inventors of performance air conditioning. And since you were an installer and how you first got involved with this company, can you explain to folks what are the basic components of putting an air conditioning system into an old car or maybe a not so old car that doesn't have one? What are the bits and pieces? 
Well, the, the first thing that is important for people to understand, and I do a lot of seminars through the years, and the important thing to understand is that air conditioner doesn't make cold air. You've got a, a series of components that when they're properly installed and work together, they basically bring in the air from an enclosed area and you blow that warm air across the coil and you're circulating refrigerant through this system and you absorb the heat from the air within this enclosed area and then you carry that absorbed heat to the outside of the vehicle and then you dissipate that heat to the outside air. So basically you're not making cold air, you're removing heat from air within an enclosed area. And this is your house or your refrigerator or anything like that. And the key to making any of these systems work properly is the first thing you got to do is seal and insulate a vehicle. If your vehicle is not sealed and insulated well, the best climate control system in the world isn't going to make your car comfortable. You know, it's got to run in your air or run in your heat at home while you've got windows open or a door open. Just like your house. Exactly. It's not going to do it. And so you basically have some real basic components. You have a, a compressor on your engine that's either, it's belt driven in most cases. And that compressor is basically the heart of the system that moves the refrigerant through the AC system, you have a compressor and then you have the condenser, which sits in front of the radiator, mounts in front of the radiator, and that condenser is nothing but a heat exchanger. And from the condenser, you go to a receiver dryer. And from that receiver dryer, generally you have a, a compressor safety switch involved in that system as well there that mounts in the dryer and near it. And then you have the inside evaporator unit, the air handler, and then back to the compressor. So basically what you're doing is that compressor circulates the refrigerant through the system and that refrigerant changes state twice. Inside the car, it evaporates from a liquid to a gas and as it evaporates, it absorbs heat. And then you take that gaseous uh, refrigerant, you pull it to the compressor, you compress it, you push it through the condenser, which again is a second heat exchanger. You're getting cold air across that or cooler air across that condenser as you ride down the road, and that cool air takes the heat out of that refrigerant, condenses it to a liquid, and then it's pushed through the receiver dryer. And back inside the evaporator, you have a, a refrigerant control, control device, the expansion valve usually, or a fixed orifice tube that atomizes that, that high-pressure liquid refrigerant into droplets. And then again, that warm air that you pull in through your blower and blow across the coil will evaporate those droplets and they absorb the heat and become a gas and then get pulled back through the compressor to the compressor through the suction line and start the whole process over again. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's basically the five-minute version of how air conditioning works. Now, for those of you out there listening whose aisles just roll back in their head and went, oh my gosh, <laughs> right. this sounds complicated. It really isn't. It's pretty basic stuff. However, there's a lot of little components and bits and pieces. And one of the things that Vintage Air does is it provides the consumer with all those parts and pieces. So not only if you've got some, uh, well, some skill sets uh, to do this yourself, you can do it, or you can have somebody install it for you. And you guys have a couple things that help people do this. The first one is your Vintage Air installation guides, which are very thorough and quite helpful. I think so. We spend a lot of time on our instruction manuals, and we always recommend people before they are thinking of doing this job, all of our instruction manuals are on our websites. And, and we basically have two kinds of systems. We have what we would refer to as our builder series, and that's a more universal collection of components that you can kind of mount in anything, depending on the size package space you have available. And then we have our SureFit kits, and our SureFit kits are the ones that are designed specifically for a certain vehicle. And we have over 165 
SureFit kits available at this point that are designed specifically to be bolt-ins to many vehicles from first gen. We have Camaro coverage from 67 right up through 92 now, you know, and Mustang coverage from 64 up, and, you know, and we're doing more of these all the time. So the SureFit kits are, are what we have spent a good bit of our time designing and developing in the last few years because that that simplifies the installation for for both the average guy, you know, the average hot rodder and the installation specialist, be it a dealer or a mechanic. And you also have, and I've talked to people that have uh, unique custom builds and so forth, and that gets into your next uh, helpful hint on your website, how to buy, which helps people determine what do they need if they have something that's maybe not so stock. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it, it comes down to when you're working on a heat exchanger for your car, you want to go with the largest one possible, whether that be a radiator, whether it be, you know, the evaporator kit, the air handler within inside your car and the condenser on the outside, because that, any of those components that dissipate heat, bigger is always better. So when you're putting an air conditioning in your car, that's the best advice I can give someone is you want to use the largest evaporator unit that you can inside your vehicle because that's going to give you the best performance. Very helpful. The other thing you have on your website, tech tips. Can you talk about those? We try to, to gather those up through the years and, and we work hard. We have five tech guys that are on the line all the time and we try to take, you know, what's what's a very common question that you're being asked and, and what are you seeing? And that's what we try to answer some of those questions on the tech tips and again, just kind of give the best advice we can because air conditioning is a system just like you know, brakes or a system on your car. And so you have a, a series of components that need to work together for that system to work optimally. And that's what we try to do is give you tips to, to make those components all work together. You know, I, I always, I remember guys, I have good friends in, in the brake industry, Bayer and, and Willwood, and they'll talk about, they'll get calls from customers, you know, by a 14 inch rotor and six piston calipers and all of that. And then don't use the correct master cylinder, and then they're not understanding why, what, the you know, why their brakes won't work. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, I bought all this high-dollar brake stuff, and, and these brakes are worse than than what I began with. And, you know, it's the same way with air conditioning or fuel injection or any other system. You've got to make sure that you match your components and install them properly to get that system to work well. Yeah. The other thing you have is something called Vintage Air University. <laughs> yeah, there's some, There's again, there's some, some videos on that and, and some educational things. You know, we, we try to, again, answer some of the questions that you may have, and, and it gives you an opportunity to see some of that. Now, one of the things I want to talk a little bit about is I have been interviewing a lot of people in the last five years since we last talked that take old cars and make them way better than they ever were. And this is everything from old classic cars to muscle cars with full carbon fiber bodies, old Broncos, Range Rovers. I mean, we could take like one of the one of my favorites, Rob Dickinson's Singer Porsche is a good example yes. of taking an older car and making it reimagined, as they like to say. So all of these companies doing this, uh, have you worked with some of these companies? Because I would think you're a perfect fit for them. Yeah, we work with a lot of those companies. There's the number of companies that are doing that on a larger scale now has really exploded it's, in the last it's few crazy, years. It's crazy, isn't it? It's amazing. It, it really is. And and I think there's a lot of a lot of things that have led to that. You know, when I was younger, I didn't have any money at all. I mean, that's when I started a little shop. I did it because I wanted to make some extra money for my own hot rods and everything. And you know, I had no money, but I had time. Yeah. And 
that's that was my time I could sell to the people that didn't have it you know mm-hmm. and I think as our society has changed and everybody is so busy now the the most precious commodity we all seem to have is is time and our lack thereof sometimes so you know and some other things you know I, I grew up around old race cars and everything and dirt tracks and and learned how to kind of do things from from the ground up that way and we used parts out of a junkyard and things like that and and that's changed as well you have so many companies now that make high quality bolt-on parts that work really well that it, it makes it easier for a shop to take those components and assemble them all together and, and end up with with a vehicle that is I mean that's the essence of hot riding when you get right down to it. I mean people started they wanted to make their cars faster and they wanted to make them better and I yeah. th- I don't think that's changed. No, and the other part of it is you know as we age and I'll speak for myself here, but I think you and I are from the same generation pretty much. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but I'm not going to call you old, nor am I going to call me old. Uh, I don't feel old, but uh, I guess I'm getting there. Is we want to be more comfortable, and one of the things about old cars is sometimes they're not very comfortable. They're a little harder to drive. They're not as reliable, and I really think that's a big part of it. We have these baby boomers, all of us that are getting to a point where we have the opposite. And isn't it a cruel fate of life when you're younger? You have have time, but you don't have wisdom and money. And as you get older, you get the wisdom and money, and you run out of time. Who invented that system? It's not very fair. No, but it, it, <laughs> it is. You're exactly right. That's what it is. And you know, it's we're seeing that more all the time. And I think another thing that changed the industry a lot was when, when you think back to the 70s when when street riding and muscle cars were really starting to take off a little bit, the cars you bought from GM and Ford and everything then weren't all that great. I mean, quality control was yeah, yeah, a little lax. not the greatest in the 70s. And you know, the, the overall just the cars weren't all that great. Well, now you go buy your average run-of-the-mill, just a standard, I mean, they're four-wheel disc brake. They've got a climate control system that works really well. I mean, they've got, you know, the suspension on them is really dialed in. And if that's what you're driving for your daily driver, if if you're going to have a hot rod or a muscle car, a specialty vehicle that you're driving, you're spoiled by that newer car. You want to have that level of comfort and performance on your hot rod as well. It, It needs to be that good. Yeah, it's amazing. I, you look at even, uh, well, I'll, I'll pick on Ferrari for a second. Uh, Ferrari used to be not so reliable. I've got a friend up north that's been driving his Ferrari every day for years, has over 100,000 miles on it. Uh, rock solid car. So I think all cars from Kias to Ferraris, they just are so much better and so much more robust. Now, it begs the question, we talk about time. If I have an old car and I would love to put air in it to make it more comfortable, so my spouse joins me, but I don't want to take the time out of my day to install. Do you help folks like us to find the right people who are qualified to install your systems? We'll make, we can make recommendations from people we know, but I'll you know, there's so many localities throughout the states and in everything. I always recommend people go to a go to a cruise in, go to a car show nearby. Start looking around, and and you know, you see car with air in it, or you see a car that's got really nice work done on it. Talk to the owner, and you're going to get better recommendations for a local installation guy from a venue like that than you're usually going to get from the manufacturer. Not calling out the manufacturers, us involved, because we do, but it's impossible for us, even though we have you know, a large, large number of dealers, distributors, and builders, it's hard for us to have them in, a, in each small place. Of course. But, man, crew, there's a cruise night or there's events everywhere anymore. And, I, and that's the best way 
to get that kind of information. Who does a good job installing vintage air? You know, hey, did you put this in yourself or did somebody do this for you? And man, you start start asking those questions and then, then you can kind of get a line on a on an installer. And, and I always, when I had my little shop, it, it was always, man, my customers were my best advertisement, yeah. you know? And somebody called me, talked to me about putting AC in a car. I could give them two or three names. Call these guys, they'll tell you. You know, I don't have to tell you, you know, were they happy with what I did? Was the price, you know, was the price reasonable? And that's always, to me, the best way. And then you've got a guy that's local there. You get a guy you, you've, you've gotten to know. And that, to me, is the best way to find somebody to do that kind of work on your car. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, car clubs, social media is another yep. one, uh, joining local clubs and just talking to people about it. So let's talk about the future because the future, talk about rapidly changing future. Oh, my gosh. The world of EVs, what's coming down the road, people putting Tesla power packs in old cars. Uh, we just came back from La Jolla Concours last month, and there was uh, old vintage Z Electric putting uh, power packs into Carmageas, Volkswagen Bugs, buses. But those things need to have cool air in them as well. Uh, they'll go a lot faster now, but they need to be cool. But I wanted to ch- ask you about what's new with your brand since we last spoke, because you guys are always innovating, always coming up with great new ideas. We are, and and we've been, you know, like any company that continues to grow and and. One of the one of the big things you've always got to be innovating. You've always got to be looking at the how can you get better and how can you take advantage of of newer technology. And that's what we try to do as well. And our new system that we just introduced, uh, basically, oh, about a year and a half ago at SEMA is what we call our Gen Five system. And it's kind of a, an evolution on on the Gen Four, which is the most common air handler evaporator in our line of SureFit kits. The Gen 5 is, as I said, an evolution where we've now gone to the point where we're injection molding the cases for this oh, for wow. this system. So cool. it's it's like an OEM style system. When you're we've thermoformed them for years, which is a good way to do it. But boy, when you can step up and do injection molding, I mean it allows you to to mold features into the cases and have complete repeatability and real precision on those cases and that's allowed us to use some some different actuator motors and now the blend air doors inside for both temperature and and air delivery uh for years even the OEMs covered their doors in foam and that's how you got a good seal on the doors well now with our new Gen 5 the blend air doors actually are an injection molded door and then they have a rubber seal overmolded on that oh, door nice. as a second step. So there are rubber sealed doors. So and now we've gone to a new block expansion valve, which is again a lot of technical talk, but it's a more precise way of metering and, and atomizing the refrigerant and it's also very service friendly. And blower technology has changed. We've got on some of our systems now a, a, a blower that's got twenty percent more capacity than our other systems did. So it's it, it it's Changing technology has really helped us, and we're really excited about our new system. We've taken what we've learned through the years with some of the OEM projects we've been involved with. We did the developed and and manufactured the AC systems for both Ford GTs, both the, the 2004 to 2007 and, and the current Ford GT. Very cool. Um, we're, we do the AC for those cars as well. So we've learned a lot in these forays into the OEM market, and it's allowed us to, to bring that technology into the into the aftermarket as well. Wow, that's why you guys are the leaders. It's just so cool. I love it. You know, we always love to talk about special vehicle stories, and we did chat about this a little bit, but it's been five years since you were on the show. Maybe there's something different here. Is there one vehicle you can think of in your past that brings a super big smile to your face? 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, fortunately for me, I still have it. And you know, you mentioned earlier the 39 Ford Coupe. And uh, when we last talked, I had that car apart. I, I built it in, in 84, basically in a one-car garage that I had then. And uh, for a while, it was my daily driver. I mean, I drove a car every day and uh, drove it cross-country multiple times. And, and uh, I said, had over 180,000 miles. And coming back from the LA Roadster Show in 2014, the old small block about went away in the car. And uh, so it was it was time for a motor. And, and the old lacquer paint was basically falling off in certain places and all of that. So I ended up tearing the car down down and, and uh, completely rebuilding it. Painted it the same way it was, so it looks exactly, basically as close as I could get it to. It always has, but I completed a rebuild in about 2019 on it. So I've got my, my old 39 back on the road, and I've put another 12, 13,000 miles on it since then. So it, it's cool to have that car after it's coming up on 40 years now. And oh my gosh. so it's that car brings a smile to my face all the time. It's it's a better car now than the first time I built it. I was able to some of the things improve upon them and uh it it's always fun to drive. Well, for you listeners, go to Rick's show notes page in the Car Show website and you'll see him with a picture with this vehicle so you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Those are so cool. They just have such a character to them. So I can't wait to see the car now that it's done. Now I didn't ask you this question either when you were on the show. Since we last spoke, I've gotten a certificate as a car psychologist. Of course, I made, <laughs> I made it up myself, but don't tell anybody. It looks really official. I know how to use Photoshop really well. And as long as you're certified, that I'm makes certified it by myself. Yeah, and uh, two thousand three hundred and twenty-seven people. I figure I've got seat time. So if you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle. Not what you want to be, though. This is how you perceive you as the man in the mirror. You got to dig deep for me here. What would you be? But more importantly, why? You know, that's an that's an interesting question. That is, you know, and when I think about it, I also have a 66 El Camino that I've had since the mid 90s. And I think if I were a car, that would probably be what it would be, it would be an El Camino, because, okay. you know, that that that's kind of a, a do all in so many, you know, that that it's a truck when I need it to be a truck. It's yeah. a car when it needs, you know, it's not a perfect truck and it's not a perfect car, but it'll do a lot of things pretty well. And I think that's kind of why I would kind of fall into that. I, 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 you know, I'm kind of a jack of many trades and master <laughs> of none, as they used to say, you know, and I kind of put an El Camino in that, in that type of role. Okay. Well, those are cool vehicles. I mean, I remember when they came out when I was a kid, it's like, whoa, what is that? Uh, from the front, it looks like one thing and the back, it looks like another, but uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> handy. You know, we also like to talk about philanthropy and I know this is an important part of you and your company. Uh, when we last spoke, we spoke a bit about Habitat for Humanity Restore. Are you still involved with that? Are there other organizations that are an important part of your life of giving back? We do still work with them. And also, um, I've been involved with the Hot Rod Industry Alliance with SEMA, SEMA Council for many, many years now. And one of the big aims of the Hot Rod Industry Alliance and SEMA as a whole is youth engagement and trying to bring more young people into our hobby slash industry. And we try, we have some mentoring programs where we help people out that are starting shops. You know, they've got their, you know, in a lot of cases, these guys started out in, in a backyard shop, you know, and now they they were really successful at that. So they've moved into a building. Well, now you've gone from a shop that had basically no rent to a shop that, yes. that you've got a rent due every yeah. month. And you've got, now it's a business. It's not a hobby shop anymore. It's a business. And there's a whole lot of, of things that come along with that. So we try to have some programs that will give answers to that, do some mentoring with some of these younger guys 
moving into the business and try to help them out with that as well. So that's the, any of the youth engagement stuff is really important to me because I, 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 I've said many times, this to me is the best industry in the world, has the best people in it in the world. And the best friends I've ever had and still have are I've met through this industry. And uh, the more people we can bring into it to get these kind of people together, I think that that's the best thing we can do. Ah, great organizations. How about a great book that you've either learned a lot from or you really enjoyed reading? You know, I read a book a while back uh, called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And um, I go back and refer to that book because there are some there's some really great information. I've actually shared that book with several of our employees here. You know, it, it kind of teaches you to, to uh, think into the future and try to make good decisions, which I think is the key to success in both a business or life. I mean, making good decisions is huge. These are discussions I've had with my son as as he's getting older and now engaged to be married and everything. And oh, I think that's that's the thank you. I think that's that's the key to anything is is making good decisions. Yeah, it's a great book. That's been one of my favorites forever. I gave copies of that book to my kids when they went off to college as well. So they must have read it. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I just thought it'd be a good thing for them to take some tips off of because it sure taught me a lot of things. Yeah. And I, I go back to it too. I, it's a good book as a reminder book as well. It is. It's a good reference book to go back to. And you know, so many of the concepts in it, it's common sense. I know it is, but sometimes we need to be reminded of common right. sense, right? <laughs> it goes out the window every once in a while. So uh, as you know, I'm a bit of a enabler here and I do something kind of fun with all my guests. I bring them any vehicle in the world. They can take it anywhere they want. A nice drive, the ultimate drive. And they can take anybody with them, including somebody from the past who's no longer with us, which opens up a world of interesting companions. So what does an ultimate drive look like for a guy like you? You know, I, I was really fortunate in when I first came to Vintage Air, I was able to, I was able to meet so many of my heroes, my hot rod heroes through mm -hmm. times. Yeah. And one of them was Tom Medley, hot rod, uh, rod and custom editor for years and had the old Stroker McGurk cartoon oh, yeah. character and hot rod from the 40s and everything. And uh, on some of our road tours, I was fortunate enough, Tom came on our road tours, and I was fortunate enough to, to get to have Tom ride with me. And I think I would love to be able to take another road tour with Tom. And in my 39, because I'm so comfortable driving that car, and I would love to just hear more of his stories because he was a World War II veteran and uh, was in Battle of the Bulge was at Bastogne in Battle of the Bulge and everything. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, one of the first guys at Hot Rod was out at Bonneville in the formative years and photoed so many and, and took newsreels of so many of, the, of the, the early Bonneville guys. And that guy had stories, just the history he lived through the years. I'd love to have another trip with Tom just to go back through that because yeah. he was just he was just a treasure for our industry. I'll tell you, all those guys were treasures that came out of World War II and uh, came back. Oh. With skill sets and an uh, entirely new look on the importance of life and not to waste it and embrace it and do some really fun, crazy, wild things. And that's what they did. And Hot Rodding was born and the rest is history and continues today. So that would be a pretty cool, cool ride. I'd love to be able to do that. And they weren't afraid of anything. Well, no, you know, not they, when you've been through the Battle of the Bulge. They survived over there, <laughs> oh and goodness. they weren't afraid of trying anything. They came yeah. back with confidence and, and you know, with, with a drive to be successful. And, I mean, really, what a, you know, the old book about the greatest generations, greatest generation is is so true because my dad was a part of that as well. And, and that, was, that was a generation that, that really built the country. 
Very cool. Well, you have taken us on another wonderful ride today, and I'm so happy you were able to take a little pit stop and catch up with me and catch up our listeners on what Vintage Air is doing these days, all the new things and all the ways that you guys can make our old cars very comfortable so we can enjoy them for a lot longer. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a word of inspiration or wisdom with our listeners? You know, uh, I think I go back to the same thing we were just talking about. And there's doing the right thing and treating people the right way is the best thing you can do. And that leads to making good decisions. And it leads to you being around a group of people that, that help you move up rather than, than move back. And I think that's, that's the best thing you can do every day. Every day. I mean, I enjoy coming to the shop every day. The, the people we have here at our shop every day are doing the best they can to produce the best parts that they can. And it's really great to be a part of that. And I love being in an environment like that. Yeah, you're surrounded by some great people. You know, last time you're on the show, and I'll share this, this is a quote from Rick's father. The most important things in life that you'll ever have are free. That's respect, trust, and integrity. If you lose these things, you can't buy them back for any amount of money. So there you go. Great words from your father to share with our listeners today. And everything you've shared today, how can people learn more about Vintage Air? Well, on on the good old World Wide Web at VintageAir.com, and uh, our number is 800-862-6658. We've got guys that are always anxious to talk and answer questions and, and help you in any way they can. And we've got a brand new catalog out as well, and we've also got the catalog on the website. But if you're one of the guys that still likes a paper catalog, we just, just printed a new one of those with a bunch of new stuff in it. So wow. we're excited about that. All right. Well, listeners, if you've got an old car or any car that you need some help with, these are the guys to go to. They've been around forever. Rick, I really appreciate you coming back. And I want to do a quick shout out to our friends at Con Media because they brought Rick back on the show today, Nathan Espinosa in particular. But I work with so many people at Con Media. They're the best in the industry. Rick, thanks for being so generous today with your time and uh, stopping in and cooling me down a little bit today. I feel so, so good. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Enjoyed it. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.